Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Podcast, Falcons vs. Cardinals Week 17 Preview. I am joined by a very special guest today. He is Ed Smith at Ed Smith Speaks on Twitter, host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast, as well as a former NFL tight end with the Eagles, as well as the Falcons for a few years, for those of you that remember. Ed, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Kevin. Appreciate you having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Always love to get the player's perspective on these things. I think it really adds a lot to the discourse. Uh, and it's just fun to have interesting people on the show. Uh, that's just well, that's what we do this for. You. Yeah, um, yeah. Ed, well, let's let's get, get started here talking about uh, the Cardinals. In some ways, a similarly depressing season to the Falcons, right? Uh, both of these teams have dealt with quarterback changes. Uh, for the Cardinals, it wasn't one that you were hoping for, unfortunately, with Kyler Murray getting hit. With an injury, uh, Colt McCoy comes in, who it has been a pretty good backup. Uh, so he then exits with a concussion. Trace McSorley comes in. That was, you know, maybe a, a, a spicy performance against the Bucks. But uh, how do you feel about the quarterback position? That That's a big one with the Cardinals right now, with maybe Colt McCoy coming back this week. Yeah, I, I looked and saw that he was a full participant in practice yesterday coming off that concussion missing last week's game obviously and you know at this stage in the, in the season Kevin as bad as it's been you know getting Colt back will add a little stability uh but you know I mean this is a, a lost season for us and you know I, I we're both in similar situations Falcons uh you know going through it as well I think it's a little more depressing out here though because of the expectations at the start of the year you know this was a playoff team last year albeit we took a a, a thumping by the uh, eventual Super Bowl champion uh, Rams, you know, in the first round last year, but still the expectations were were very high coming into this season. You know, that was after a lot of discourse with Kyler and contract issues and this and that, which are well documented. But you know, it all culminated. You know, just this season from start to where we are right now, we can't even say finished because we, we meaning you and I, both have two more weeks of this mess to cover. But, you know, I'm, you know, getting Colt back to play the Falcons, uh, you know, we're four and 11 right now. I'm not, it's just not whole, <laughs> whole lot of excitement to this one. This is one of those, okay, we got two more to go. And, and in my opinion, I did our uh, podcast last night with my partner, Jay, and, you know, we're early in the week because of the um, uh, hard knocks pod, you know, th- that's going on the end season with the Cardinals. So mm. we're getting an even deeper look behind the curtain and you can tell it's just it's miserable within that locker room. It's miserable in the coaching you know rooms. And at this stage of the game, it might be you know they're they're sitting. I think we're sitting at the fourth or fifth pick. I don't want to say yeah. fourth pick in the draft. I think draft. it's fourth, fourth, fourth. Yeah. And it's almost like 
don't mess this up by getting a victory or two down the stretch, you know? And then you hate to say that because the players, as a player, I would never tank or anything like that. But front office wise, they would not be at this point all that disappointed if they stayed in the four spot and didn't drop down any, but that, you know, getting Colt back good McSorley, you know, he's a third string quarterback for a reason, but he gave a valiant effort last week and I applaud him. We'll just see, like, so hopefully Colt gets back in there this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was definitely better than I thought it would be going against the Bucks, But, you know, no, I have no love lost for the Bucks. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I definitely was pulling for you guys uh, in that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. The draft conversation is really what's sort of taken over the discourse for both of our teams. And mm-hmm. it's especially interesting because of what you mentioned. The Cardinals are picking fourth. The Falcons are picking sixth so this is an important game because whoever wins is actually going (laughs) to flip-flop the other basically in the standings um it's one of those unique situations with the draft where it's sort of like the winner is the loser or something like that and vice versa but um yeah if the falcons were to lose they would have the tiebreaker over the cardinals thanks to strength of schedule and they would actually move ahead of them even though they'd have the same record um so that I think is something that, you know, Falcons fans are a little bit hesitant of, even though, of course, we'd like to see a win. Everybody would like to see a win. Um, It is complicated in terms of our desire for a top pick, especially in a draft class where I think there's really just a few absolute like blue chip guys. And I think you need to be in the top four to really have a shot at any of them. Yeah. And we, you know, we're both talking about the quarterback position. This is, you know, for us, we don't need that position. Hopefully we got Kyler signed up for a long time. But, you know, this would be outstanding for you guys. I mean, obviously, the Mariota experiment didn't quite work out the way he wanted it to. Uh, You've got Ritter in there now. Uh, He's potentially a good quarterback. But, you know, if you're near that top spot, I'm pretty sure that the franchise would love to go out and get that, um, you know, that that, that blue chipper like you mentioned. So, and it is a tricky situation, man, because – we you you would like to end the season on a good note, but you know these last couple games, if they are losses, you'll get over those pretty easily. Come April or May, whenever the draft is, when you're sitting in that in that higher spot, I think. Yeah, it definitely helps. Uh, I make a lot of mock drafts too, so that makes the mock drafts more exciting, um, for sure. And with the Falcons, it's maybe a little bit more the angle of they're really trying to see what they have in Ritter. And if he can come in and get two wins to close out the season, you're probably feeling a lot better about him as your starter, potentially going into 2023. So for the Falcons, I think there's still a fair amount of intrigue because of that quarterback change with the Cardinals, you know, Colt McCoy is a good backup, but there's not really any intrigue there. You know, Kyler's going to be your guy long-term. So uh, more of the intrigue is probably around the coaching staff, which I've been sort of expecting that whole thing to get blown up pretty much every year for many years now, and it keeps getting extended. So it, it, it what, what's the, what's your sort of takeaway on that Cardinals? I know, uh, Kime is unfortunately dealing with some health issues, but, uh, Cliff Kingsbury has always seemed to be like right on the edge of like, is he getting fired or is he completely safe? And you can't really ever tell with that team, but where, how do you feel about the, the situation there? If Bidwell could go and get himself a time machine, Kevin, he would go back to, March or whenever he gave those two extensions to Kime and uh, Kingsbury, and he would undo that in a heartbeat. The problem now is if you want to step away from Kingsbury, which I think it's a growing sentiment out here 
you know, especially with the media, but even probably Bidwell, I would imagine, because it just doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And if you've anybody who's watching the uh, Hard Knocks uh, series, it's like the same message every game, uh, you know, and almost like, wow, we just it doesn't seem like it's going to get better. My my take on Kingsbury, we are four years into this experiment after this last couple of games. And what can you hang your hat on? I mean, he's supposed to be this offensive genius. He looks like he's clueless out there most of the time as a CEO of the franchise, meaning, you know, supposed to have an oversight on everything. It doesn't look good. Um, you know, you factor in Kime going out right now. There's been rumor that he's not coming back. And that might be the first step in, you know, if Kime's not coming back, you bring a new GM, GM in. Kingsbury is probably next to go because what GM wants to take over a mess, you know, with the head coach that he didn't pick. Um, the only thing, you know, I guess the common denominator is because of the extension they also gave to uh, Kyler Murray, you're, I'm going to say you're stuck with him because, you know, a lot of worse things to be stuck with, but <laughs> yeah. that, that, you know, his performance and his attitude and things have really been in question out here. So, if anybody, you know, anybody who's watching from afar, if you, it is as bad as you're thinking out here. I mean, we've got problems from top to bottom, um, you know, roster wise, we got a whole bunch of old guys mixed in with some young talent, but a bunch of old guys who are coming off these contracts. One JJ Watt just announced he's going to be retiring after this season. It is a total debacle out here, Kevin. And this, and what, what is the biggest thing is that, it was supposed to be such a good year. You know, we were supposed yeah, to be yeah. building on last year and, and then the, you know, we're eight months later from nine months later from, you know, the playoffs and, and here we are. And it's like, Oh my God, this is a disaster. And I just don't think it's going to get any better. So with all that being said, Kingsbury's seat is pretty hot out here right now. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Falcons in 2012 after they made the NFC championship game and, lost that heartbreaker to the 49ers. Everyone just assumed it's like, all right, we're going to get right back on the horse. We're going to reload. 2013 comes around and they go four and 12. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, just a complete disaster season. And that's sort of what that recalls to me, obviously Cardinals a little bit earlier in the timeline. Um, because I think Kyler is, is a little bit younger than Ryan was at that point, but, um, you know, it, you have the quarterback and that's the most important thing it just seems like the question is everything else around him, including the front office. And that's not your one step up the ladder, but the rest of the steps are just as important, you know, in order to get this thing going. And um, I know there, uh, there's some interesting players still on this roster, even though unfortunately Buda Baker, probably my favorite Cardinals player uh, Mm. absolutely loved Buda Baker coming out and really wanted the Falcons to end up with him somehow. Um, He's out for the season. That's obviously a big loss, but Speaking of, of that position group, let's go ahead and start with the Falcons' pass attack versus the uh, Cardinals' pass defense. And we mentioned, of course, Buda Baker out. Um, a couple of quarterbacks on the injury report this week as well. Uh, I think Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson both were DNP to start the week. Uh, I haven't seen mm-hmm. an update. We're recording this on Thursday. I haven't seen the update today yet. Um, but statistically speaking, I mean, the Cardinals haven't been the worst uh, pass defense. I mean, I think they're 18th in net yards per attempt, but they have allowed a lot of passing touchdowns and overall yards. So, uh, how do you feel about that group going up against a Falcons passing attack, which everyone knows 
has been very low volume. It's getting a little bit higher volume with Desmond Ritter, but it's basically a complete question mark at this point. The saving grace for this defense is that we're facing a rookie quarterback who's trying to figure it out. You know, and I, I do think I, I, I give um, some credence to this is the time where you do want to see that young talent. So I, I think it's very beneficial for you guys to have Ritter out there uh, so he can kind of put his feet to the coal and maybe, you know, get some sample of what he might be able to do moving forward and help you guys make some decisions. You know, obviously when you're talking free agency and draft coming uh, in the spring, uh, this this defense, I would say in a season where you're 4-11, and 11, there aren't many highlights to the team in general. But this defense has allowed this team to stay in a lot of these games and not get blown out. Uh, you know, we even had uh, Tampa Bay last week. You know, 16 points was the final out, 16 apiece after four quarters, and then they eventually got that field goal. But, man, I mean, you know, and it's you got to take it with a grain of salt because everybody's been kind of stifling the Tampa Bay <laughs> offense for some reason <laughs> this year. But it's still the great Tom Brady, and we still held him to 16. Just couldn't hold him, you know, out of the end zone toward the end there, field goals and overtime. But, you know, we are from the very start of the season, Kevin, I thought the one of the biggest, um, I guess, questions was our cornerback room. We, you know, we, it was also like we had the land of misfit toys in our secondary minus Buda Baker. Buda has been the heart and soul of this team for years. Sad to see him go out these last couple. Uh, but at safety position, not many better. Cornerback-wise, we've struggled all season long. Uh, you know, we have a couple of young talents in uh, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, but they're still trying to figure those pieces out, you know, what they can do. Um, we, they're a combination of, you know, you lose a Chandler Jones after last year. We never replaced him. Uh, J.J. Watt, you know, finishing a great career, but he's not necessarily the wrecker he used to be. So our problem has been – we can't really put pressure on quarterbacks unless we send the kitchen. But when we send the kitchen, we put our secondary out there to, 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 to dry, you know, so mm-hmm. bad combination of everything, starting with our secondary, starting with the fact that we don't get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. This might be one of those games though, where Vance Joseph says, look, we got a rookie quarterback. Let's just throw everything at him and see what happens. And you might see a lot of that. And when you see a lot of that, we, we could see some interceptions. We could see some pick sixes. We could see a whole lot of things. Or you could see Ritter grow up a little bit under this fire. So I'm really curious to see what we can do to put some pressure on him and maybe, like I said, confuse the young quarterback. But like I said, at this you know at this stage of the season, man, we're we're hanging on by a thread. You know when you got these injury reports and you you know they're going to start protecting guys uh, from injury into the off season and stuff like that. So even we might be you know down a couple men. Which, like I said, at this point, oh, it could, you know, you keep saying, man, it can't get much uglier than this. Yes, it can. <laughs> yeah, because I think at this point, well, we'll see how serious it is for Antonio Hamilton and, and Marco Wilson. Um, they were only DNP on Wednesday. If they get another DNP today, that's probably more concerning. Just one isn't yeah. necessarily the end of the world. But that would be, I think, two, those are two outside starting quarters at this point, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then is Byron Murphy on IR? Cause I don't see him. Yes. Byron Murphy's oh, been down man. for a few weeks. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and that's why I mentioned it's that time of the year where even if Buddha hadn't gotten, you know, totally dinged, they might've considered shutting him down just to, you know, because that, like I said, at this point, you don't want to get any of your superstars hurt 
And, you know, Buddha's one of those guys you can't hold him back. So, yeah. you know, the fact that he did get, you know, really injured is, is one of the next said Byron's been out for some weeks now. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, even on the offensive side of the ball, you start seeing some AJ greens and people like that sitting because, you know, unless they're under contract for next year, they don't want guys getting hurt at this time of the year. It's going to cost them more money into the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one guy I definitely wanted to touch on because he's someone that I've had some interest in ever since he came out in 2019 was Zach Allen, who I think is really having a great season here in his, in his uh, fourth and final rookie uh, contract year. Uh, how big has his like emergence been? Cause he's been really productive. It seems like finally. It's been really good to watch. And I think, and you know, I think part of his maturation has been because he's been able to tutor under, um, J.J. Watt. I, I think J.J. Watt has inspired him, and he's learned a lot, and you can tell his technique has gotten better over the years, and he's making some waves. There are times when he makes plays, Kevin, and I, you know, because they're so close, I'm like, oh, that was Watt. No, that was actually <laughs> Zach Allen. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's J.J. Watt, but right, I'm saying but... he's, he's growing, and that's been a pleasant surprise, um, you know, especially on a line or a front that's been depleted as ours has. So, yeah, he's been a bright spot out here. And it's been good to see him kind of flourish a little bit. That's yeah, it's good to hear. And he'll be a free agent too, so that's one to monitor. I know Falcons yeah. fans are Falcons fans are looking at every free agent because they're going to have <laughs> potentially the most cap space in the NFL this offseason, Finally, so uh, Zach Allen is definitely someone that I'm interested in because these two defenses aren't that dissimilar in that they like to run a lot of three four up front and then uh, play a lot of zone behind it. So. Um, I think I think Vince Joseph likes to blitz more though. <laughs> he, he does, does love to blitz. yes. When he has especially when he has the talent to do it. Yeah. You know, for a year, remember it wasn't that long ago we had uh Patrick Peterson out here and and it was when you have that kind of backing, you know, you can kind of let loose a little more. I think he's been a little subdued because he knows how stretched his secondary is. And if you like I said, if you leave him on an island, there's a lot of trouble back there. So he hasn't blitzed as much as he normally does, but yeah, when he's a like I said, he might be salivating this week because we have a rookie quarterback coming at us. So, yeah, yeah, and how the Falcons are going to try to mitigate that, of course, is with their rushing attack, and that's been sort of how they've been competitive each and every week. Is that they've gone basically worst to first in the NFL uh, in rushing, not exactly, but close. They were thirty first last year in all the relevant statistics uh, running the football this year third in yards, fourth in yards per carry. So uh, it's been a pretty miraculous turnaround for this Falcons uh, offensive line, just run blocking really, really well, going up against now a Cardinals run defense who have been solid, uh, only the 12th, <laughs> you know, 12th, 12th in yardage, but 23rd in yards per carry. So on a per carry basis, not quite as stellar, but what's your sort of thoughts on, how the Cardinals stack up against the run and how do you think they match up against the Falcons under their new uh, starting running back, Tyler Algier, who's sort of like taken uh, the NFL by storm the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting because you know, you, you throw the stats out there, which are great. I love that. The, uh, the reason we rank so high in terms of, you know, number, I guess, I think it's the number of rushes teams come in yeah, here yeah. and they, they eventually start the rush against us. But then they're like, wait a minute, we, we're they're so bad in the secondary. Yeah. Let's, let's hit them up there. And that's what happens. And, you know, so those that when you look at the yards per attempt, you're like, well, why do the teams not continue to just run on them? Because they all, obviously, they give up a bunch per attempt. It's because our secondary is 
is not very strong. So the you know, stats can be deceiving when you look at them that high overall. But yeah, we I've, from the very beginning of the season, we worried about this front uh, because of you know, like I said, you lose a Chandler Jones, you're not just losing the pass rusher, you're losing somewhat of a stuffer up there as well. You know, him, he and JJ Watt kind of worked really well together, one on the outside, one on the inside, without Chandler Jones. And I'm not saying he's, you know, he's not doing what you would consider greatness over there in yeah. Vegas because he's taking a step back as well. But, you know, we never replaced him. And up front, you know, they just haven't figured it out. So your running attack, anybody's running attack, it, it's going to be good against us. It's just a matter of how much you decide to run because it is so tempting to pick apart that secondary. And you think about it, even Tampa, you know, you know, maybe it's recency bias, but, you know, they couldn't run the ball at all against anybody. And they came in and did some of the successful, mediocre job against us. But then when it was all said and done, you know, you, when you come down the stretch, you know, let Tommy sit back there and just pick us apart, you know, get you a touchdown, get your field goal, tie things up, and then, you know, win the game in overtime. And that's kind of the formula with this team has not been able to stop anybody and has not been able to finish all year. So it'll be interesting to see with your revamped running game, if you come in here and find success, especially with a young quarterback, if you can give him that support and then ask him to only maybe throw the ball 15 to 20 times, that could be a recipe for success uh, for, the, for the Falcons uh, this coming week. Yeah, I think I think if the Falcons were still competing – for the playoffs, like in this terrible NFC South, which, you know, they were still in it until last week, <laughs> technically. Yeah. Um, so, and they were only a game or two behind until last yeah. week also. So um, now that that's out of the bag, I sort of wonder, because I think in that case, they would probably just pound the rock, like at, like they did against the Browns and some teams where they just were like, that's okay, we'll, we'll run it 10 straight times. We don't care. Mm-hmm. I think in this game, it might be more important to them to try to play like a balanced game script to give Desmond Ritter an opportunity to show something as opposed to just trying to slam the run game, which they probably, that might give them a better chance to win, but I don't think that's the most important thing to them right now. I think they'd like to win, but also like to have a a longer look at Desmond Ritter in this passing game. Um, That's probably more important to them. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So I wonder if it'll fall into that same thing that you've mentioned where they're like, oh, we can run it, but let's try the pass and and see what happens. Uh, Why not? I mean, the the experience for Ritter will be so much more valuable and you get a chance to grade him, you know. So I do think it's going to be very tempting for them to maybe drop him back, maybe use that play action. They will. Here's the thing. Regardless of how they how many times you go guys throw the ball it'll be smart to run it a little bit to take some of the pressure off of him. And then, you know, you get that play action effect as well. So I think that would be a great game plan and evaluation opportunity for the Falcons. I think so. So moving over to the defensive side for the Cardinals, uh, oh, excuse me, it'd be the offensive side for the Cardinals defensive side for the Falcons. Um, it's been, I guess, just dis- pretty disappointing. I mean, I know this offense was high, high flying last year, just so much fun to watch um this year obviously the quarterback injuries had something to do with it but even before that it wasn't necessarily firing on all cylinders uh even after deandre hopkins came in and and marquise brown was back from injury it just seems like there's been something holding this passing game back however you do get to go up against a falcons pass defense which has really just not been very good (laughs) they're 30th in net yards per attempt allowed (laughs) uh surprisingly only uh, you know, they're a little bit better on, on like they, I think they've only faced the, the ninth fewest passing attempts and they've still allowed the 25th most yards. So that's just really bad. Um, 
and they, they just struggle. Uh, now they do have AJ Terrell back and he's playing well. Um, but elsewhere, they just, they just don't have the guys up front to really pass rush at this point. It's really just Grady Jarrett and rookie Arnold Evacati providing the juice. And that's sort of it. Um, so it's not a very fearsome pass defense, but the Cardinals are struggling and they got, you know, Colt McCoy back there. How do you feel about that matchup for the Cardinals? Well, you know, we're, <laughs> this has been, you, you said lightly, this, this has been far huger than just a little disappointment out here, especially for this offense that, as you mentioned, it had all the tools and it seemed like it was heading in the right direction and the wheels fell off the bus early. Um, as far as, my interpretation of his offense, I've been screaming out here for the last four-plus years, Kevin. They should have invested in this offensive line. You had the quarterback. You have wasted draft picks over the last few years. The offensive line is one of the weakest parts of this entire team. It's a ragtag bunch of guys. No disrespect to them, but they haven't invested in them. So, you know, we haven't been able to uh, protect Murray for the most part. He's more of a dude that, you know, gets out there and it's more, um, you know, it's not structured offense. What you see most of the time when Murray's been successful is drop back and then scramble and make stuff happen on the run. Um, not, he's not been well in the pocket. We haven't consistently run the ball enough. One of those things that, you know, I'm looking at the genius that is Kingsbury and, I'm, you know, we have opportunities. Like, I'll take give you a quick example, Kevin. Last week we had our third string quarterback in. Instead of coming out and saying, Tampa Bay, you stop our run game. We're going to pound it down your throat until we do. We have our third-string quarterback drop back 45 times, 42, I'm sorry, 42 <laughs> times. And we ran the ball with Connor, who was supposed to base, basically, if you allow him, could be a battering ram. He yep. ran the ball 15 times. So that's your game plan. And it just confuses me, you know, week in and week out, what Kingsbury's looking at, you know, is, and so, you know, with that being said, I have no idea what game plan he's going to throw at you guys. I know we don't run the ball enough. And as far as pass wise, you know, we have the tools, but we're working with either Colt McCoy or Trace McSurley right now. Neither of those strike fear in the hearts of defensive coordinators. So with that being said, yeah, I mean, you guys might be able to throw some things at us. You know, our offensive line won't, won't be able to protect. And, you know, big, as far as big plays, this offense has been dink and dunk all through the year. That's the thing about it. If you're going to throw the ball, ball 45 times, at least 10 to 15 of those should be down the field, threatening the defense. We don't do that. We tend to come out, throw the ball sideline to sideline or right at the line of scrimmage or right over the middle of the ball, you know, two yards up the field, and let's see what we can do from there. So, you know, you're, we, we could come out and do a bunch of different things. Um, I think what we will do is the same old, same old, and you know, you'll be really, it'll be really easy for the, the defensive staff to figure out where Cliff is going. And who knows, maybe he at this point in time, Kevin, he's given up. I don't know how much you know, he you can tell he is just so defeated on the sideline, especially after bad plays, interceptions, and things like that. Keep your eye on him because. I'm not saying he's given up, but he's, man, he's just so frustrated. Nothing has worked this year, and I don't anticipate all of a sudden we're going to go over there to Atlanta this week and, you know, with, with Colt McCoy is going to be like, oh, my God, they look great. I don't see that coming. <laughs> yes, a lot of uh, the Falcons, to their credit, they're not statistically a very good defense, but the past the past uh, four games they've held their opponents to 19, 19, 21, 17 every week. So 
They've definitely improved in the points allowed department. Unfortunately, the offense hasn't scored more than any <laughs> of those other teams. So that's the bigger issue here. But uh, yeah, they've so far done a good job at limiting teams that don't have a great offense. Um, the only team that really took them to the woodshed was the Cincinnati Bengals, which, you know, mm, yeah, they can yeah. do that to a lot of guys. <laughs> they can yeah. do that to a lot of, of defenses. <laughs> so I, I don't feel too bad about that one. But um yeah, you talked about the run game. I love James Conner. I had him in fantasy, um, and he's been just so consistent all year. And you're saying, you know, they really – so that they could have been using him more and helping my fantasy uh, team is what you're saying. <laughs> Kevin, they had so much opportunity, and like I said, especially when things weren't working with the pass game. or Because if you look at this season, the Cardinals have not been blown out by, uh, you know, big numbers – from week to week, we're in most of these games. You talk about Tampa Bay last week, had the lead going into the fourth quarter. The final score after four was 16-16. So it's not like you you're like you're not being you're being blown out. We got to throw the ball 50 times. We there was so much opportunity to let Connor just carry this team, um, but it was failed week in and week out. So the production you got, imagine if you gave him the ball, you know, maybe instead of 15 times. 22 23 times a game that type of thing but like i said you look at the 15 that is a consistent number for him and you look at his um production you're like well how come they just didn't use him more we'd have to go to kingsbury to find that out so i feel sorry for you because there was a potential for so much more there for your fantasy team it just never re- was realized yeah and connor's such a good story too I, I love uh his nfl journey and um just yeah, just a really good player, probably be a real good fit in Atlanta too, you know, like as a guy that they're going to, yeah. you know, but honestly, like that's the Falcons have, you know, Tyler Algier getting 15 carries per game, but they also have Corderell Patterson and, and, you know, they also had Caleb Huntley, who unfortunately is hurt, but they, you know, the Falcons are running the ball maybe more than anyone. And so it's yeah. sort of like the, the opposite ends of the spectrum here with the Cardinals probably should run it more. Uh, and the Falcons, you know, running at the highest level, uh, so it, it's interesting to see the, these two teams where they've ended up. Um, neither having the season that they'd hoped for. Definitely uh, agree with you that the Cardinals, unfortunately, having a, a much more disappointing season relative to expectations. Um, but we got two games left, starting with this Falcons game on Sunday. So I will ask uh, what, how you feeling about this uh, and what, what's your prediction for how things are going to go? <laughs> these are the tough ones to pick, Kevin. I'm, yeah. And I'm in a confidence pool. You know, we every week we pick our... Uh, picks from 16 down to one and I'm coming down the stretch and I'm looking at some of these games and I'm thinking, Oh, these are so hard to pick Yeah, because you don't know the mindset of front office. You know, like I said, you're looking at the Cardinals team sitting at four right now. And what are these last two victories? And I'm not saying they're tanking, but they will do whatever they can to make sure certain guys, maybe we need to sit this guy this week, you know, so you don't even have to know what teams are going to be on the field. Maybe a, and A.J. Green, which hasn't been much of a factor this year, but you sit him, you sit maybe D-Hop because you don't want him to get hurt, or you cut his snaps down, you know, that type of thing. And this is this is bad against bad. So we know either one of these teams, their ultimate goal will be to show, but not necessarily win because the loss, the, there's, there are such things as good losses. <laughs> ah, goodness, this one is a tough one. Cardinals, you know, if – we come over with Colt McCoy. We're definitely a, a much more quality team. Uh, we're going against a rookie quarterback. Vance could just unleash. But at the same time, 
this this Cardinals team has just been bad all year. Regardless, they figured out ways to lose games. And as crazy as it is, I'm going to go Falcons in this one just because you guys are home. I should think rethink that because we're one and I think we ended up one and seven uh, at home here, yeah. which means we actually won three games on the road. But still, I just don't have that confidence to say that they're going to go over there and do anything other than what they've done all season long. So I, I think this is going to be an ugly game. Uh, not not going to be like one of those beautiful offensive battles, but but I think the Falcons will figure out a way somehow, especially with Ritter, who's going to be out there. This, he's trying to shine right now, so if they give him an opportunity, he could. Um, I picked this one. It could be like a 20 to 18 or 17 game Falcons, and I'm not saying that with much uh, confidence either way. So yeah, but it's sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think the spread is like three and a half points or something. So that's very on track with, I think how pretty much everyone feels about this game. Um, neither of these teams have proven to be high scoring. So I think the low scores is, is pretty likely to happen. Um, but they're going to want to give Ritter a chance to shine. I think the Falcons are probably more invested in, in trying to call a winning game plan as long as it involves Ritter throwing the ball. <laughs> um, yes. Maybe then the, the Cardinals are. So I do think the Falcons will find a way to, to pull this one out and get maybe like a 20 to 23 to 20 sort of situation, but mm-hmm. pretty much along the same lines as, as what you were thinking. Um, but yeah, it, you know, hopefully we see some good things and everybody stays healthy. That's really where we're at at this point. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is one of those games, Kevin, if you have multiple screens, this is not making it on to either one of your <laughs> screens. Oh, this is a statistic game. You go back and you look and you're like, oh, Falcons won. Okay, that's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's and it's sad because like going into this season, even like a few weeks in, it was almost like there was a chance like, oh, this late season game could actually have been good between like yeah. a high-flying Cardinals offense and maybe like a Falcons team that's better than expected <laughs> uh, for like a wild card spot, you know, um, yep. and and you know, both of us have fallen so far from, from what we had hoped for. Uh, so it's unfortunate, but that's how it goes in the NFL sometimes. So, um, guys, Ed Smith at Ed Smith speaks on Twitter, host of the believe in Cardinals podcast, former NFL tight end, uh, former Falcon as well. So, uh, Ed really appreciate you coming on. Anything else you wanted to add? Anything you want to plug? Hey, um, I'll do the Easy Sports Talk show out here in Arizona on KDUS 1060 AM as well. You can go on the web and check it out. Uh, we're broadcast every Saturday from 10 to noon Arizona time. And then, uh, you know, if you want to go to the website, edsmithspeaks.com. Got the book um, that I was published a few years ago. You know, check that out along with the radio page to see what we're up to. But really appreciate you having me on, Kevin. It's been a pleasure, man. As I always love talking to uh, people who cover some of my old teams. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time, guys. I am Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, we'll be back on the Falcoholic live for the post-game show following this one. Hopefully there will be some fun things to talk about, not just depressing things. <laughs> um, but, you know, can't always depend on that with, with either of these teams, unfortunately. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, leave us a like and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, leave that five-star review if you had a good time. Make sure you check out Ed Smith on all of his platforms as well. Uh, guys, we'll see you next time on the Falcoholic Podcast. Have a great day, folks.